Are you in a leadership role trying to figure out how to convince others to change their mind? Have you ever wondered why is leading and influencing others so darn hard? Are you looking for practical answers to these two vital questions? If so, welcome to my podcast, Closing the Gap with Denise Cooper. I'm your host, Denise Cooper, and I am a storyteller. I interview thought leaders and people just like you who are learning and practicing the art and expanding on the science of leadership. Listen as my guests and I talk about what it takes to be a remarkable leader in the 21st century. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening to everyone in the sound of my voice. I am so appreciative that you chose to show up one more time to hear a phenomenal conversation about how you can close the gap. And Closing the Gap with Denise Cooper is all about I have goals that I'm standing here. I know where I want to go. How do I close that gap to get from here to there so that I can show up powerfully so I can get the things I want? And more importantly, I can find happiness in the success that I achieve. As I say every week, I have some of the best guests, but this particular person has become my personal friend and mentor. And by her showing up and stepping up, it has made me remember that the true definition of leadership is how we uplift each other so that together all boats rise. That person who I'm talking to is no other than Ms. Linda Fisk. She is a multi-award winning leader, keynote speaker, podcast host, author, and university professor who's dedicated to amplifying and extending the success of other high caliber business leaders. She is the founder and CEO of Lead Hership Global, a community of unstoppable women, enhancing their leadership blueprint and embracing their power to be the best version of themselves in life and at work. She has a PhD and an MA in clinical psychology. She has written extensively on the subjects of social comparison, depression, and anxiety, subjective well-being and personality theory with a focus on relating scientific research to commonly understood concepts. Linda, in my own personal experience, is one of the people who, if we look for who is helping to build and maintain thriving communities, particularly among women, she has got to be at the top of the list as the best role model that you will ever know. And if you are interested in seeing her in action, I not only invite you, I encourage you, I implore you to go and come to one of her events at leadhershipglobal.com. Of course, her information will be in the show notes, but aside from how much I love this lady, Linda, how are you today? <laughs> Denise, holy cow, what an amazing introduction. I will say that, you know, you have made my heart so happy hearing that you are as fond of me as I am of you. Denise Cooper, I think the world of you, you are a thought leader, you're an influencer, you're a trailblazer, you're a pioneer. And the fact that I have been able to develop such a incredibly inspiring relationship with you just gives me so much joy. So thank you so much for everything you're doing in the world to really help lift women 
and marginalized communities to connect them, to give them the resources and the tools to make really smart decisions and accelerate their definition of success. So thank you. Oh, yes. You know, I'm humbled by it and in awe of you. So, okay, guys, this is a love fest between us two women who are really trying to move the needle here. But I think, as, you know, as my clients work with me, one of the things I ask them about is what is their origin story? I want you to tell other folks, why did you start Lead Hership Global? You know, it all started when I had the privilege of being a chief marketing officer with one of the largest and most prestigious membership-based organizations in the world. They had over 36,000 members worldwide. They had members in every single community around the globe, and they are incredible leaders. The members of this community tend to be CEOs who make over $100 million a year, who are under the age 45 and have about 50 full-time employees. In fact, that's part of the criteria to join this community. Mm-hmm. And so you're talking about some of the most influential, some of the most successful, innovative trailblazers on the planet. People like Mark Zuckerberg or Sheryl Sandberg, people that are incredibly impactful personalities that are disrupting industries and creating incredible innovation worldwide. But as I began my journey working at this organization, I found that only 5% or so of the members were women. Mm-hmm. And as I began asking about that, why are so few of our members women? What I heard was, well, the criteria to join is just unbelievably difficult. It's a very exacting criteria that is quite difficult for a lot of women to be able to meet. That criteria is incredibly exacting. It's very specific and it's really very much of a filter for those that can reach that kind of echelon. And most women can't. And when I heard that, I thought, you know, in certain countries around the world, that may be true. Women are not always given the same opportunities as men in places like the Middle East or maybe China. And so there are particular regions of the world where women simply are not yet given the same opportunities and the same advantages as men. But that's absolutely not true in other places like living in the United States or Canada. There are many opportunities for women to reach that level of success and be able to qualify for that membership. And yet the numbers were not that different. The the membership, even in the most advanced forward-thinking countries in the world, it was still about 5 to 8%. Mm -hmm. So I began really talking to women about what their experience was like and why they had left this organization, why they were no longer a part of it. And what I heard over and over again is that although they qualified for membership, they had proven their ability to reach every single criteria that was associated with membership they weren't treated as equals. Mm -hmm. So they still met with a lot of discrimination, even within the organization. They didn't feel valued. They didn't feel worthy. They didn't feel listened to. They didn't feel heard. And so they didn't stay. And Mm -hmm. they said, oftentimes, you know, I did not work my entire career to be able to afford privileges like being able to join this membership community and then to feel less than. I am done with feeling less than. 
And so for me, that was such a pivotal lesson because I wanted to create a confidential and supportive community that was designed to accelerate the success of each and every member. But I wanted to create a safe haven for women, a place where they felt heard, listened to, valued, respected, and they were celebrated for not only their achievements, but simply who they are and their purpose, their passions, their mission, their vision should be acknowledged, should be respected, and should be supported. So that's what we've really created in Leadership Global. It's interesting when I hear you talk about it, and I've heard you talk about this a couple times, that the vision and the mission is this confidential place where women can be uplifted, where they can be celebrated, where they can learn from each other how to be better business women and or career women, because there are some women in there that are trying to manage their career. And as you and I have talked, you know, your career is more than just a job you're in, it's the legacy you leave. So as you've nurtured this organization, and in particularly in the last couple of years, what are some of the things that women come in and they need to learn to build that network of people who are going to help them be successful? Yeah, thank you so much for asking that, Denise. You know, I would say that most of the women that are part of Leadership Global have really learned about the culture of this global community, and they very generously share priceless guidance about some of the pivotal steps that push them in the direction of their purpose, their mission, their dreams. And they provide practical tools, resources, and tips, connections, introductions that other women can use to show up, speak up, and step up into their career, into their personal life, and into their power. Mm -hmm. But you know, oftentimes women begin the journey in Leadership Global being a bit timid to actually ask for what they need. They feel quite a bit of reservation about being vulnerable, being open, being transparent about what they need in order to accelerate their success. And what I think over time we have created is a safe and trusting environment to learn, to share, to discover, and to grow. But women need to be reassured that what they share in that environment will be respected, will be listened to, will be valued, and that there will be no shame, there will be no dismissal, there will be no demeaning comments around what they need to learn, what they need to tackle, and they will have an entire community around them to partner with them, to tackle the issues that are in front of them, to face the problems that are holding them back without shame and without any kind of judgment. And so, you know, the neat thing is that as women began to shed some of that armor and they're able to become more vulnerable, more transparent, more honest, then they find that there are all kinds of innovative and effective business and career enhancing techniques that other women are very open to sharing. They're very open to teaching and training and coaching. But again, I think it's authentic networking and its genuine connections that accelerate success. And for a lot of women, they walk into the community with their guard up because that's what they've been taught. But I really believe that once they let their guard down, then they become open to new business ideas, new growth initiatives. They have an opportunity to tap into the inspiration that they need to create new strategies and new opportunities for them personally and professionally. 
I love this because when you look at the research on careers and how women, how anyone builds a business, it is always about who you know and building that relationship where both people see the win-win-win, you know, that win-win-win thing in it and being able to leverage that. But I feel like that, that you have turned the corner on is this unique way of building an entire community of people who do that. What got you to the, the turning point? Because you're right, people may enter not knowing, and yet you've built a culture where the expectation is that you do put your guard down, that you do ask for what you want. And you nurture women from the place of not knowing how to do that to a place of where they can do that. Where did that bubble come from? (laughs) You know, I'm a firm believer that through exposure to exceptional people, we're better able to actually connect to ourselves. We're reminded of the very best attributes, characteristics of ourselves. So it's important to be purposeful in where we spend our time, where we put our efforts, and to surround ourselves with people that inspire us, that lift us up, that tell us the truth, that help guide us, and that are invested in our success. And I also believe that your greatest challenges can also facilitate your greatest joys, because those are the places where you have the opportunity for breakthroughs. Those are the opportunities where you have the possibility of learning and discovery And that facilitates incredible joy. So I think we have created an organization where women come together to overcome self-doubt, to follow their true calling, to not only have more time for fun on their journey, but to develop really meaningful relationships. And those meaningful relationships have to be founded on trust. They have to be founded on trust And the only way to have a trusting relationship is to extend trust and to be open, honest, and vulnerable. And I think what happens is over time, as women begin to experience that, that women are coming together for powerful conversations around life and leadership, and they're willing to talk about mistakes, missteps, vulnerabilities, fears, then they realize that this is a safe place to have those kinds of conversations. You know, leadership global is, I think, absolutely stocked full of incredible women in leadership. And we provide the tools that you need as a female pioneer and incredibly powerful insights around business and leadership. But it all starts with this very simple premise, which is you have to be open, honest, transparent in a safe, trusting and supportive environment. And as you know, Denise, the very first step that we take before we welcome anyone into membership is we invite them to sign a code of conduct. And that code of conduct reiterates the fact that we expect every single woman around the world to be treated with respect, to be able to be listened to, and to ensure that every conversation is held in confidence, that every single conversation is private, confidential, And that all interactions are respectful and all interactions are based around this idea of extending trust. I can imagine that many of the listeners who are listening to us right now are sitting here going, oh, yeah, that sounds like the corporate mind. Every company says that we have these values. And when you sign up or you come to this company, of course, we want you to be authentic. Of course, we want you to bring yourself to work. And then, you know, the shock of, oh, you didn't really mean that. 
shows up in this. And because this is a global organization and it's voluntary, there's not the overarching umbrella of a clear culture when you belong to a company per se. So the definition of authentic for a woman who lives in Vietnam is very different than authentic of Australia or New Zealand, et cetera. As you move through this, when you're operationalizing this and you're in these meetings and you're listening to people and you see a woman whose definition from a behavioral point of view is a little off, maybe they're, you know, being the expert or, you know, we've talked about mansplaining. Well, sometimes it's woman-splaining too, right? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. How do you correct them in a gentle way in the group or out of the group so that they begin to understand this is the value, but this is the behavior that we expect that, you know, when we talk about living values, we also understand that when we're in this situation, I know I'm supposed to act this way, but not all the time do we act that way. How do you help move this organization, this global organization, so that these women do show up under the umbrella of what the values are? Yeah, it's such a good question. And you know, it's a journey. Um, As I noted, there are a lot of women that join the community and, you know, they're bringing with them years and years of experiences that have taught them to be quiet, not to ask for what they need, not to be transparent, to always have this veneer of strength and, you know, to always appear as though they have all the answers. But what we find is over time, as they witness other leaders being able to be vulnerable, being able to be honest, being able to be, to ask for what they need in a really transparent kind of way, we find that there is this sense of enlightenment that begins to happen. And I will say leading leaders is a skill in and of itself. So being in a community of other leaders allows you to have an outlet to continuously learn and improve in a confidential setting and get exposure to new ways of approaching problems, new ways of solving issues, as well as new ways of leveraging opportunities. And even if you just absorb that experientially, so you're watching others do it, It can be incredibly impactful. Mm -hmm. But as you know, Denise, also in a small group experience, like a leadership board that we offer our members, it's a small group sort of peer advisory network. In that kind of setting, we have a protocol that we teach around how to provide feedback, how to really listen, what active listening looks like, how to share without judgment. And a lot of that training in this four-part protocol, those are skills and that's a level of expertise that can be leveraged well outside of a leadership board. So it teaches people what it means to act in a safe, supportive environment that allows members to develop friendships and networks with other C-suite executives that can enrich your professional and personal life. So we are teaching the skill sets along with the experiences that help women learn how to ask for what they need, how to listen to others without judgment, how to provide what's being asked for in a safe, nurturing, supportive way. So I gotta tell you that choosing a leadership community that supports your unique purpose 
can also improve the growth and profitability of the organization that you're a part of because you benefit from the hard-won lessons and experiences of other leaders. Mm-hmm. So members have access to best practices on key issues. They can receive honest advice and feedback from peers who have no conflict of interest, and they can collaborate with other leaders to work on the business rather than in the business. And they learn the skill sets of how to lead leaders, how to enact that kind of very fundamental change that creates relationship. You know, as Aristotle said, excellence is not an act, but a habit. Mm-hmm. And so this is an ongoing habit that becomes very routine over the course of the year of membership that you commit to. I know that a lot of the women who are in the organizations are business owners, they're CEOs of themselves. But I also appreciate the women who are in corporate America who have made a choice to join the organization, because I think that they do walk away seeing and being in the presence of, as you said, learning to lead among leaders so that they can take that back to their corporation and find that way in which they can have tough conversations. And I won't say difficult or conflictual conversations, but sometimes when you've been taught not to ask for what you want, there's an angst in your body that stops you from wanting to ask it, or you get too timid, or you're not as clear in the ask when you think that there's something on the line. And I've seen, and women have reached out to me who are in the corporate space saying, you know, that was the lesson that I learned. Cause I always ask them when I meet up with them, okay, so what'd you learn in the last little thing that we went, what does this look like? And that group of women has always said that what I learned is how to speak up. And so it's fascinating to me that you've been able to, and for those who are listening, I really want you to hear this message, not from a position of Linda might be promoting her organization, but really from a place of this is how it's done. This is a role model for how it's done. This is an opportunity for you to hear how it's not a one and done, as you said, because it's a journey. This is a way in which you have to constantly be adjusting the strategy to fit the behaviors of people, the conditions that you create for them, the uniqueness of their personality, their culture, their religion, time zones. I mean, they're, you know, being a global organization, there's like a hundred moving parts that you have to live with. And in a world like we live in now, where change is always happening. We need to understand how to be flexible and out of our community. That's right. And I will tell you that because women in executive leadership often face sort of cultural and political hurdles that men typically don't, they benefit from an inner circle of close female contacts that can share private confidential information. You know, women face a greater challenge in networking and finding the kind of professional opportunities and career advancement options And they, more than men, need to maintain both wide networks as well as informative, tight inner circles in order to land the best positions, secure the most advantageous opportunities, solve the toughest problems, overcome the biggest challenges. But the good news is that by taking a smart approach, women can continue to find meaningful advancement options. They just have to identify and connect with people who are connected to multiple networks but also form that very close safe haven of 
women that are going to lift them up and support them, that inner circle of women that champion them, that advise them, and that encourage them. It's fascinating to experience it. And I really do mean that. And you and I have worked closely and will continue to work closely on the DEI roundtable that happens about once every month and inviting people, if you are interested in moving this forward, please feel free to come and join that. But I also encourage you to, if you're a woman, remember what Linda said in the beginning. She worked for an organization that women made the money. They fit the criteria to join the club. And when they joined the club, they still felt like they were outsiders. And this company, this company of leadership global, this network that she's created is a place where that is not what is there. So the last word, if you have to give advice to anyone, what's the one or two things that women need to learn or should invite themselves to learn that would help propel their career? One, I think that you have to be humble enough to recognize that we are all learning throughout our career. It doesn't matter what your title is. You have to be committed to improvement. So those that hold a CEO title or a C-suite title, that is not the end of your learning journey. You should absolutely recognize that it's impossible for any of us to have the right answer all the time. And so those women that value continuous learning and believe that every single step in your journey has an opportunity for ongoing development, both personally and professionally, they are the ones that are going to find the most excitement, the most joy, the most happiness and fulfillment in their career because they release this obligation to have to know everything Everything. all the time. And they are also willing to be open to other people's perspectives, their experiences, their area of expertise. They're willing to make time to learn. And I really feel like that's such an important ingredient in bonding people, building trust, and also continuing to advance your definition of success, both personally and professionally, is that you have to be self-aware enough to recognize that not everyone has the right answer all the time. This is fascinating. And of course, as always, the time slips away from me. I so appreciate you sharing. How can people get a hold of you? You know, the best way to get in touch with me is probably through my website, leadhershipglobal.com. There's lots of opportunities for you to drop a note or send feedback through the website. I'm very responsive. Or you're welcome to connect with me on LinkedIn, either through my personal profile, Linda Fisk, or through Lead Hership Global on LinkedIn. Perfect. If you're a woman in business, whether it's in a career, you're working for someone else, or you have your own, this is an opportunity for you to see it in action. And I don't often talk about that, but here's what I will say. If you like this conversation, please share it. If you didn't like this conversation, share it, because I can promise you that it will generate a conversation that will change the results and change the trajectory of your thinking. With that, hey, Linda, I'll see you later. Thank you so much, Denise. What a pleasure being here with you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Talk to you next Thursday. Bye. That's a wrap. And I'm Denise Cooper, and you've been listening to Closing the Gap with Denise Cooper. Let me thank my good friend, Ivan G. Hall, for the background music. I'd like to ask you to do three things. One, 
If you liked it, share it with your friends. Let's build up our community to subscribe so that you don't miss when a new episode drops. And lastly, if you've got a question or a comment, leave it below. I'd love to hear what you thought was good, what I could do better, and what topics you'd like to hear about. Let me thank my guests one more last time. Thank you for listening. I'll see you next week. Bye.